And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, yeah, it is time for a weighing in show with the man, the myth, the legend, Josh the Pong Thompson. You got so much to talk about because you were so wrong throughout all of this week of fights. You know what? It's okay. I was wrong too. So let's <laughs> just get into it. There was there was ones that we looked at. We go, oh, he's gonna do well in that. Oh no, nope, that did not happen. And the PFL made me look horrible, and that's okay. The UFC, I looked all right. Bellator, I did all right, except for the last one. I was wrong, and I was told so by the man that won it. I love that Johnny Evans looked fantastic. Got to give it up for him. God damn, he looked good. Hey. How are you feeling? You are flying from Connecticut to Texas to Utah. Dude, do you understand what a direct flight is? I, I don't. I was looking at a new place that I bought in Dallas, Texas, because uh, I'm thinking about making a move out there. I've been talking about it for a while. Obviously, John knows. He always gives me a hard time that I'm not there yet. But I didn't find a place that I really loved um, this last year and a half, whatever. we bu I bought a place there last year. Um, it's doing really well in terms of uh, it's gone up a lot in prices, rented, all those things. <clears throat> but I wanted to find something I really wanted to move into and uh, the community that I wanted to be in and those types. So I found one, signed docs on uh, Wednesday. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Congratulations, man. Yep, yep. So That's awesome. I may stay I may stay another couple months here in uh, San Jose um, to finish up wrapping up on some stuff with my gym, you know, with my past gyms that I had. Uh, close those all out. And I've got a couple other business things that I'm trying to – get figured out to see if I can get involved in or not. And if not, then, and plus I'm working on some stuff right now too, with uh, rich Chow and helping him with his Alta program. So he is actually on his way uh, to moving as well. He's driving right now out to, Oh, is he driving there right now? Yeah, he's driving. So he's got his, uh, got, got his, his truck packed up and he's headed on out there. So he's out there. He'll start probably in the next uh, couple of days. He'll be there. So <laughs> good for him. New he's life, new enter, adventures. He's going to enter Texas. Yeah. And keep driving and go, this never ends. No, no. He's already <laughs> broke it down. Um, and people have told him, too. It's about a day and a half to get to Texas. And then it's another day and a half from there to where he lives. Oh, it's not. Once Who told him it was a day and a half to get to Texas? Look, if you're going to go, you go. That's what I tell my, my wife hate, hates driving with me. Because once the car is in motion, it does not stop. You just well, go. I understand, I understand this, but you know, I think, uh, I think because he knows he'll probably never drive through those areas again, he's hitting the grand Canyon. He's going to, he's actually going to oh, area okay. 51. He's, made, he's, he's going to area 51. I said, what are you going to see at area 51? He's like, I want to see if the cars really do come out of nowhere and tell you to leave. He's like, I want I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. So yeah, he's got a couple spots. He really wants to check out on the way. And I can see that. I mean, I think I would do the same thing. I think except for me, I'd probably, cause we were just talking about this off air. I would make the drive up through Utah and probably just come straight down that way. I know it's a lot longer of a drive. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. A lot longer. I think you're adding like another whole day, day and a half, you know, yeah, it's, you would be, it's 15 but, but hours. Utah, just to Utah. It's got Bryce, Zion, Moab mm -hmm. for national parks. They're gorgeous. Yeah. See, incredible. I was just talking to you last week while we were in uh, Connecticut for Bellator about how I, I wanted to check out. I've been to Salt Lake City, I don't know, a thousand times, but never in Salt Lake City, just the airport. <laughs> You've been to the so, airport. It's like I've been to the airport. That's it. You know, and then they're doing a new remodeled airport, which is 
I've just saw, watched all the designs of it. They've, they've been showing the 3D diagrams and all that stuff that are up. It looks like it's going to be amazing. Because right now, the new, the one they have now has low ceilings. Not You feel very claustrophobic. And it's extremely busy. It's like a hub for, for Delta and other, you know, it's packed. It was packed. People were like, COVID? What COVID? What are you talking about? So, <laughs> like, yeah. not a mask in yeah. sight and everyone just rocking it. It was I'm telling you, if you can do those national parks randy couture and i used to do motorcycle rides every year sometimes mm -hmm. with more people sometimes just with us you know and we would hit each one riding riding bikes through them all go to the devil's backbone do all that unbelievably gorgeous areas you see you see like you know a mountain sheep with and rams and shit you see Jeez. bear you see everything it's wow. awesome I got to I got to do that. I got to do that. It'd be a nice trip. All right, well hey, we had a lot going on this last weekend. There was the PFL, there was Bellator, there was UFC. Uh, but I kind of think we need to rattle this off in the order in which it came. We'll go with PFL first, I think, because um just because. I think we just did. They're both first. on Bellator and, and PFL were um <laughs> they were both on Friday night the and the UFC was on Saturday, but um but let's let's go ahead and rack off the PFL, then we'll go Bellator, then we'll go to the UFC, but let's uh, let's have a conversation. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Big John, I had some bets this week while we were at the Mohegan Sun at MyBookie.ag. I was going through my phone, and I laid down some parlays, and it just took one to ruin them all for me. But I was so stoked about the whole parlay that I laid down. I was like, oh, this one for sure, this one for sure. Then one just came up short, and I had him in every single one of my parlays because it was supposed to be the guaranteed came up short. But hey. The numbers were good. The figures were good. I loved what I was doing on mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. They'll give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial buy-in. Also, there's a QR code right there that Podcast Dave will put up for you. And you just hit that QR code. Use our promo code Wayne in. And if you listen to some of our advice, okay, you probably won some money last week. If you didn't, hey, that's on you. There's always next time because there is a pay-per-view coming up soon. And go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. Let's talk. Let's talk. So John and I were both wrong when talking about I was uh, wrong Sheffield about this one. And Capaloza, I thought for sure Capaloza would bring it. I'm going to continue to go back to this though, John. Capaloza winning it last year, correct? Yep. The fact that he won it last year. Now, do you I get the vibe and the feeling that these fighters are like, "Look, it's a new it's a new page. I'm not the champ anymore." Because it is right. a tournament style. They're like, look, you're really not calling me the champ anymore. I mean, I, I really just get access to being like the main event or the co-main event or anything along those lines. But I'm not really the champ anymore. So there's no championship, you know, title on the line. So whatever. So these guys have made their million dollars plus whatever their fight purses are or whatever it goes on with their with the way their their contract states. Do you feel like sometimes they come unmotivated after they've won it a couple times or once or twice or whatever it is? Like the job's I, done. It, it almost seems like it. It's. I looked at this fight and, and I, like I, I had said, I'd watched, you know, Matthias Scheifel fight. He's got power, but if, in watching both of them fight, I was just like, look, Capello, is just the better stand-up fighter. They're both stand-up guys. He's usually faster, got good footwork. He, he counters well. He's in and out. Does a lot of good things. Not in this fight, comparatively. Yeah. Scheifel basically dominated the two rounds that he needed to win this fight. He did well. He was the aggressor. He landed the better shots and he gets the win. And you look and you go, I don't know what happens with the motivation factor. And I don't know if it's, you know, again, going back to, I, I don't understand their, their, 
playoff format as far as it makes no sense. And, and why I say it makes no sense is let's go to the next fight, which yep. uh, was you know the co-main with Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis wins his first fight, gets six points. He loses by submission, and he's the number one person in the playoff rounds. How in the hell does the guy that just tapped him out not there in the playoff round? Well, I think he'll or end up being an alternate. <clears throat> so this yeah. also, I had a but discussion not with ahead some... of him. It doesn't make sense. I also had it's this situation. stupid. This is what happens though, John. Look, I'm going to go back to what we talked to last week. Open scoring. This is the problem. <laughs> Anthony Pettis, maybe he didn't train as hard. He's a professional. I, I understand that. I thought I thought, I thought he was really going to come out and try to prove something with it, but I thought it, I thought because he looked so good in his last fight, he's going to you know carry it over. There's not a long break no. between these fights. Just keep no, the ball rolling. The but this is the other this is the other problem that I have with like knowing where you're at and already understand that like an open scoring situation could lead to something like this. He really didn't look like after the first round that he really was he was just sticking and moving. We talked about him sticking and yeah. moving. Playing yeah. a conservative fight, and then you end up with losses. You end up not fighting your fight, and then you start. If you're not, I'm trying to word this the right way. <clears throat> when I try, no, no, because when I, when I, when I try, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's not a negative thing. I'm not trying to I'm not negative at all in this situation. When you, when I try to go running, I have to run at my pace. If I don't run yeah. at my pace, I get more tired. And, I don't and know what on. it is. Hold on, and you're saying. I have to run at my pace, be it someone I'm running with is running faster or yep. someone I'm running with is running slower. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It still affects me in a bad way. Yep. I need to ride. I need, I need to, I need to run at my rhythm, whatever mine is, yeah. my breathing rhythm, my leg, my arms rhythm, uh, whatever my yeah. rhythm is, I need to run at that rhythm and it gets and that rhythm changes as you get in better shape in sure. this fight. He just seemed like he wasn't in his rhythm ever. And it was he was Good playing point. catch up, and then he wasn't like he was he was landing clean in the first minute and a half, two minutes, and then it's like okay, well, I don't want to do too much because then we could get into a dog fight, and then I could lose. It's like he knew he was already in the playoffs, so why yep. take the chance? And then as then as his opponent started pressing the action and pushing more, he got stuck in this. Oh, I got to fight harder, and then it didn't work, and then he got taken down. Yeah. And there was more stress, and it just you understand that that's not the way you fight. Fight your fight no matter what. No fight matter within what. within your rhythm. Exactly. And open scoring you know, and these type of things will ruin it. Open scoring and these type of things will ruin, not ruin the sport, but it could ruin fighters. It could ruin some fights. Yeah, it, it can ruin. It can, I think it's going to ruin more fights than we really believe. I think yeah, it's going to, it's like looking at the end. It's like looking at the end of looking at the end of an NFL season, right? When you already know your, your, your team's in. The You're in the playoffs. 15, 16, 17, whatever. It's like, okay, we just play our backups. Cool, they get some rounds. But you're not now those those games are irrelevant. They're irrelevant to whoever is, you know, on that team. Like, oh, whatever. And so whoever's playing for their their chance to get in, sure, maybe they got a better chance, like like this guy here, uh, Ray. Like he's got a good chance now, but because now he may he'll potentially be an alternate. Now that's the other thing. I've talked to agents and managers as of recently. There is a really strange way that the PFL does their alternate. It's really just at their discretion. It's not like, oh, you submitted Anthony Pettis, you should be in, because now you have Clay Collard, who may or may not be in. So now it's whoever they feel is the bigger name that can get in. 
Well, sure, Ray just beat Pettis, well, but well, also Collard's got a win over Pettis last year. But but you can't blame the PFL for that. <laughs> no, you <laughs> that's, can't. That's, you that's can't. Being but if, smart. But if you're a fighter and a manager, like that, that's yeah. a shitty situation to be in. Sure. And so the, the, their their alternate bracket situation is, I think it should be a fight to fight to get in, but it's not. It's kind of at their discretion of who they believe, who they want in. So if, I, if I'm them, I'm thinking Clay Collard, he's got the bigger name because he's beaten Jeremy Stevens. He's beaten Pettis. He's, you know, he's got wins over and he's, he's an exciting, exciting fighter. Now, I thought Ray was an exciting fighter as well. I thought he fought a good fight in this, in this situation. Yeah. So I don't want to take anything away from him. I just think that the fact that Pettis already knew he was in, he didn't fight his fight, which I believe cost him the fight. Could be. Could be exactly what it is. Tell me you I'm know? wrong, John. Tell me I'm wrong. No, no I'm not going to say you're uh, Look, Very rarely. Say it again. Say it again. Tell me, tell me John, I'm not Very rarely <laughs> will I say that you're wrong even when you are because <clears throat> I don't want to hurt your feelings. That's a good friend. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's an actual horrible yeah. friend it's like that's a horrible <laughs> friend you know i tell you exactly how i feel oh, i know the, the, you know i think you're right though there's just something within that and the like you said i thought that anthony came out and he actually looked pretty good he was moving well he was you know sticking his jab he was hitting the right hand over the top you look you go okay he's doing it and it almost seemed like let me slow down and as he slowed down things started to just not be under his control. And when he tried to get it back, it just didn't happen for him. And just out of that flow, because you know, the, the flow being in the flow of the fight will come and go at times for you. But if you're the one that shuts it down, sometimes it's hard to get that thing coming back in, in the right direction. And I give it to Steve, you know, Stevie Ray, great fight, beautiful submission, you know, kind of like almost like a twister crank from the like a reverse know, twister yeah yeah <clears throat> but it was like very well done you know set up gets his figure four cranks on him hey you got to give him credit man he beat a good fighter with you know and he and he submitted him he got yeah. him to tap so that was a very nice win yeah yep, yep i agree i mean i thought it was a very impressive uh submission and I just started seeing the problems when Pettis started playing more defense and and having to fight off of his back foot instead of taking the center of the cage and trying to push yep. Ray around and just touching him every time he extended too much or made a mistake. He now then decided to fight off of it. And, and how many times have you seen in any promotion when fighters have to fight off their back foot, they're not the best fighters? There are some very guys few are. and females very that can do it. Yeah. There's yep. very few that can fight but off their back few. foot. very few. It's just not... Because most of the time in the gym, in training, they're not being forced backwards. They're doing that forward motion. I don't care if it's mitts. I don't care if it's sparring. It's usually they're coming forward. That's where you get. That's why you need to get, you know, your trainer. They've got to put pressure on you. And they've got, even when you're doing mitts, they need to put pressure and make you for, force you back and have you throw while you're moving back and cut the angles that you need to cut. It's all super important. I did think that Chris Wade looked really good, though. Oh, great job! Very great impressive. Job. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. I mean, there's not. It wasn't a very long fight, but nope. I thought he looked really good. I thought he, he looked. He came very out there. Good. He looked Bakia. sharp right away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought he looked good. He, I mean, he is one of those guys that I think he'll continue to be in the finals. Oh, he's going you to. <clears throat> so yeah. he's he's a he's a very impressive fighter. He, he seems like he's getting better every year. I don't know how old he is. He seems like he's, he still looks young, like a baby. He's, no, he's young. He's probably like, what, 31, 30? 
I don't even think he's a, 34. 34. Yeah. 34. Wow. Young John. Nah, I was thinking 3031. Yeah, that that's is, in his that's prime. That. It's that tail end of the prime situation. <laughs> uh, he looked good. What other fights? I thought Bubba Jenkins looked fantastic. Bubba Jenkins looked good. Started to slow down a little bit, but he once, always does. You know, once, yeah, I know. Once he got to the takedown, though, in that third round, once he got to the takedown, it was just straight dominance. Uh, looked good. Yeah. Stayed busy. Did some good stuff. You know. Um, but overall, I mean, I didn't get a chance to catch really the first, the beginning portions of all these fights. But I mean, I started well, watching I, it. The Chris. Did Wade you see Lance Palmer's fight and Bubba? Uh, I did not. Okay. Went back to his basics, went back to the, you know, taking the fight into the positions where he's good, clinch, ground, and, you know, did what he did, you know, needed to get the win against a guy who I, really has got, you know, a good style, good stand-up, good ground game in more eyes. You know, nice win for Lance Palmer coming back, though. He needed that win. Yes, he did. Uh, not a finish, though, correct? Three rounds? Oh, decision. Went, yeah, went decision. Decision. so I think he needed a finish to get into the playoffs. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so but, who knows? I mean, but like you, but here, former champ, he's won it twice. Or he has won it twice. This is the alternative, you know, the, the alternate bracket type situation. They could just choose him because of his name value, which they'd be good. smart to do. Like you said, That's smart. Um, anything else on here? How did uh, Lohan do you look? He actually, uh, you know, like I said, Husek is good. He's tough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Brendan's tough. I thought it would be a tough fight. I thought Brendan would win it. But it, it went the distance. And, uh, yeah, Brendan looked good, though. I like him. He seems yeah, like a really good. nice kid. Seems like a really he's nice a good, kid. He's a good kid. He's a good fighter. All right. All right. All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. Let's jump into the Bellator situation. Situation? Yeah, it was this. This was a situation where, shit, I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> John, yeah. John, look, I want, I just want, I want to make sure, look, we sat up here and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm going to speak for myself. I said that Johnny Eblen needed more fights. I would have liked to have seen him get three, two, maybe three more fights you, before you, he fought. You Go told ahead. Johnny that, you know, when you talked to I him, told him that. too. Yeah. You I said, yeah. I would, I would like to see you get a couple more fights before you have this fight. Look, look, guys, when I when I'm especially with the Bellator guys, when I sit up here and I tell you guys, when I tell our fans and our listeners, um, like, like sometimes even our listener, Amanda, I when I talk to her about it and I tell her just listener. <laughs> OK, when I tell when I tell her, oh, you, you, these that was things, a nice say, stick. That right was there. a little stick. Little jab. She nice got me stick. all she got me all show you, her, even <laughs> Stotts started waiting in through Texas. And I was like, man. Bro, you're you're like my you're my fighter brethren. You're just you're now you're yeah. sticking me in the back Dude, too. You, you're going over to the enemy. Pull that pull that <laughs> knife out of my right there. Pull that knife out of my back yeah, the way you just. That's put a it long there. one too. Jeez, man. <laughs> I told Johnny. I said I would have liked to have seen him. You know, have more fights. <clears throat> but then I got onto the broadcast and I said the same. I said this. These young fighters, and I look at I look at a lot of the Dagestani guys. These young fighters that come from a wrestling background. They're used to these spotlights. Yes. They're used to wrestling in duels where it's just you and one other person and it's all dark in the crowd and they, all they can see is just their coach and their opponent. That's it. They're yep. used to these type of situations. That was one of the one of the best stories that one of the things that I remember the most about Daniel Cormier is this. It was his I want to say it was his first fight. We were all in the back. And he's bouncing around. He's yelling at himself, fucking go, DC. Let's go. You're the fuck. You're going to be the champ. 
fucking, you're the best. You're the best. He's telling himself this right as before he walks out. He's like, come on, let's go, DC. And he looks over at Bob Cook and he's like, Bob, don't worry, man. He's like, when it comes to this shit, I'm a fucking gamer. And I'm telling you guys right now, I get chills when I tell that story because the guy's a fucking gamer. Fucking A. The guy's a gamer. And he and shows so up. so many times. He shows up on fucking fight night. You know? And it doesn't win or lose. Don't tell me he never showed up. He fucking showed up every single time. Oh, doesn't yeah. matter. And I look at guys like Johnny Eblen and the credentials he has in terms of wrestling. The credentials he has now being undefeated, you know, 12 and 0. Now he's the middleweight champ. And he beat arguably one of the best, if not the best, middleweight in the world. I don't know what to say. He he did everything he was supposed to do. And I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna sit here and say that Gagar looks slow. Gagar looks he's getting older. I'm not gonna say those things. Johnny Eblin beat him. Doesn't matter how you cut it, John, he beat him. Let let's let's put it this way. I saw I saw you having some Twitter battles with people. I love that. Okay. I have fun with it. And it was part of it was you know, them you them talking about you saying that Gegard is one of the best, if not the best, middleweights yep. in the world. And, you know, all the crap with it of how, you know, this is why you have no idea what you're talking about. And for all those people, suck it. Okay? <laughs> He's right. I'm just just real real easy. Johnny Eblen made that happen. It wasn't that Gegard was slow. Johnny Eblen made Gegard slow. I'm telling you that that first round when he got put on his ass, yes, he got to the takedown. He was hurt, and he was hurt badly. And he never truly recovered in that fight based upon what Johnny Eblen did to him. Johnny hurt him and then continued to hurt him throughout the fight, took him completely out of his rhythm, took him completely out of his fight game plan and just put a whooping on him and it was one of the things that I tried to say at the beginning it's what has made Gegard so good throughout his career is he really has not been damaged by many people you know he got damaged in in Bellator if you're going to say you say he got damaged by Schlemenko when Schlemenko landed one shot and broke his orbital that's damage he got damaged there and you know he had to fight a different fight because of it, but he but he won. He got damaged by Uriah Hall after he was dominating Uriah Hall and got hit by a you know a spitting kick that knocked him you know knocked him down and then he got finished. That was damage. You know he came back and beat Uriah Hall easily, but he got damaged by Uriah Hall. And there's been very few people that have damaged Gegard Mousasi throughout those 58 fights now. Well, now it's going to be 59, but you can add Johnny Eblen to the list of people that damaged Gegard in a fight. He did it. He did it repeatedly. And that is why he was so impressive in the fight. Yeah, there's nothing that I can say because I don't want to take away the fact that he came out at 11-0 record and just dismantled what Gegard was going to do. The jab, he was slipping off line and throwing. He was kicking. He was utilizing his um, he was utilizing his wrestling at the right times and the right moments. And he didn't force the takedown so much to where he made himself tired. And he didn't he didn't start second guessing. Oh man, if I don't get this takedown, I can't win. He didn't do any of those things. He didn't do what a young fighter would normally do against someone who was dealing with a fighter who had almost sixty fights. That's right. He didn't do any of those things. He came in and we we saw him all week. He said it. We saw, we recognized it. 
he was so relaxed. Yep. Not a care in the world. Ah, he even said in some of his interviews, look, I'm not supposed to be here. He's like, I'm not, I, I'm supposed to be here, but I, I'm not really supposed to be here. Now, no, no one really thinks I'm going to win. He's like, and if I don't win, I just lost to someone who's got 60 fights. It's like, and I'll be back. Like, those are the type of mentality. Those, that's the type of mentality you want from any fighter. But going in the week of the fight, to say like, oh, you know, like if I don't win, it's okay. I'm going to, ah, that's not what you want to hear. But in reality, no, you know, you, you kind of do want to hear it from someone you know is so relaxed because you know he's got an uphill battle and he understands what's at stake. But as he, after that first round, I think he thought, I can't lose unless I fuck this up. He's, he, he started looking faster on the feet. He was he was hitting Gegard with more than two and three shots. Gegard right. was throwing ones and twos. He was yep. landing the, the he was landing the three and the four. And then after he would land, he would throw a kick or he would you know chain wrestle a little bit. And even if he didn't get it, he didn't care. He looked phenomenal. And I want to go back to the one when Gegard fought um, uh, Lovato Jr. Gegard yep. lost the first two rounds, but if yes, it, he and he was losing half of the third round. And then he yep. reversed and got on top, and he beat the crap out of Lovato Jr. <laughs> and yep. I was waiting, John, for that moment in yep. this fight all the way up until round four, and I said, this ain't happening. Ain't, ain't going to happen. It ain't yeah. going to happen. And yep. I look in the history of this sport. There's certain fighters. There's certain fights where this has happened. They're, like People look back, and I'm going to use me as an example. When I fought Gilbert the first time, I was a four-to-one underdog in that fight. And I came out and just dominated every round. Then you look at Verdun versus uh, Fedor, the the first uh, the fight that they fought in, in San Jose at the um, SAP. I think it was the HP then. Yep. That fight, he was a huge underdog, and he comes oh out God. there and subs him. In the history of when the underdog was so dominant and, and was able to get a finish over someone that was so highly touted, this ranks right up there with that. When I'm saying you're fighting someone with 11 fights, 12 fights now, Fighting someone like Gegard Mousasi is insane. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was, you just have got to give it to Johnny Elman. One of the things I, you know, I want to put out there, and it kind of now is making it to where I cannot wait for this fight between Sean Strickland and Alex Perea. That fight right there, Sean Strickland was the main training partner in the stand up pre preparation for Gegard Mousasi for Johnny Eblin. Sean Strickland went out to ATT. He trained with him. I talked to a lot of the different people that were there that watched, and they talked about how things went and how they changed and who was winning stuff. And But they said, look, one of the best things ever was Sean Strickland for Johnny Elbin because not only did it help Johnny with body attacks, things like that that Sean's always good at, a mentality also, it helped him realize, oh, I can stand with anybody because Sean Strickland... What does he do to, to train? He spars. That's it. That's and, all he does. And from, you know, Sean Strickland said, hey, he made me better, so I cannot wait to watch how he how he does in his fight. I think it's, you know, an interesting story that both these guys feel like they've made each other better. You know, obviously, Sean did make Johnny better and got help him get a great win against Gegard Musasi. We'll see if Johnny in any way helps Sean, but. I think, I think for sure. I think for sure he did. Pahea's not going to shoot though, so no. it's going to be yeah. So it's going to be more of a stand up battle in these situations. Oh, yeah. But in that in that being said, will Sean will Sean Strickland shoot a little bit because of a little bit of the timing and stuff that he worked Hello. with Johnny Eblen? There you go. And, and that whole thing started because apparently Johnny Eblen was out in uh, in Vegas a while oh. back, 
and Johnny said, Hey, I heard you're in town. I mean, Strickland said, Hey, I heard you're in town. You want to train together? He's like, and then that was like my first or second day there. He's like, and then I trained with Sean the rest of the time. He's like, I didn't even train with anybody else. I just trained with Strickland. He's like, yep. and then, then Strickland came out to ATT and helped me train out here. He's like, and I loved it. He's like, it was great. We pushed ourselves. We pushed each other. He's like, and uh, we actually fed off of each other in terms of what we need to do to make sure that we're successful. Good stuff, man. Sure. Good stuff. Yeah, and those of you guys listening, it's not, it's not our, it's, it's John's reign there. In, in Tennessee, it's a thunderstorm it right now. Coming down, baby. In his tin can. Jeez. Oh man, I have a huge lightning storm going oh, right now. Thunderstorm. This is but, great. Uh, first, first thing I want to say, Johnny, Johnny Eblen came up after the fight. <laughs> says you, you didn't believe in me. I have believed in Johnny Eblen from the from the get go. The first time he came into Bellator. Like I said, I put it out in a tweet. Look, if someone would have said, who's the favorite? You got to give it. Gegard's the favorite. Did I ever say that Johnny Eblen had no chance? Absolutely not. I, he's a great fighter. He's a phenomenal wrestler. His hands have gotten better. But I will say he had the best performance I've ever seen him have. He looked fantastic. Yep. I, I Look, I sat up there at the desk right after, and I said he proved a lot of people wrong. I said, including me. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't, like you said, it's not that, look, there's not, not that, that you don't not believe just it. You're just not sure that they're ready yes. at that point. And it's not just me. It's not just you. It, look, there's a lot of people. Everybody was like, hey, this is a tough task. This is a really tough task. And Hell there's yeah. nothing wrong with saying that because we understand what was ahead of him. Someone was almost 60 fights. That's a lot for someone who didn't have that, not even a fraction of that experience. But he came out so relaxed, so composed, and he deserves all the respect in the world because he looked phenomenal. So on to the next one, man. I, I really believe him and Tokov would be an outstanding fight. Great. Outstanding fight. And the other thing, yep. everyone, like, I had some people, hey, Gegard deserves an automatic rematch. No. No, he doesn't. No. Not in that situation. And I I, I respect Gegard. The, I respect, him and, and I have been friends for a not, long time. Definitely not coming off of 50-45 on all judges' scorecards, which is exactly what it should have been. It's you, you, It's got to be a close fight. Oh yeah, I I was it fifty forty five or fifty forty four? I thought I heard fifty forty fours in there. You Maybe might have had wrong. a fifty forty four in there. I thought Maybe it was fifty forty five on there. Um, I thought, yeah, I, I could see them moving right to Tokov if Tokov's available, and uh, the Gegard situation. You know, um, you just got to get a win, some you know, another one, and then figure it out. Yep, he's he'll, he'll be back. That's been the story of his career: win, 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 and then he loses. He loses one, and then he win, win, wins, and he loses one, and then. I think that's a big reason why he doesn't get the publicity that it, that uh, he's deserved over all these years. So, well, he <laughs> forget it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> all moving right. on. Let's let's get Danny into the Sabatello Bantam, versus Bantam Leandro Higo. Yep. Bantamweight, Bantamweight Grand Prix. Danny Sabatello comes out. This is one of those fights when you take a look and you say, one guy has shown you that he is very proficient in one area of fighting. Danny Sabatello, his wrestling is good. He shoots from a long ways out, still gets in deep, turns the corner on his opponent very well, controls from the top position. You know, one of the things that you had talked about earlier in this, you know, before this fight happened was, look, you've trained with Higo. You know how good he is. He's strong. He's got a great hook sweep, all these things. He hit him with that hook sweep and changed position in the second round and had his back, wasn't able to finish him. And you saw him try that hook sweep every round after and never worked again. And this is where you look and you say, 
A guy like Danny Sabatello, he, you can catch him once, but he's going to learn from, oh, I can't do that. I, I got you the next time. And that's what he did in this fight. He just outworked Higo the entire fight for the most part. The second round was definitely Leandro's. Other than that, he outworked him. He was smarter than him in the way he he fought as far as the crowd may not have liked it. It was super effective. And that's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be effective in the fight. He was. He wasn't stalling. He was trying to do damage at times. He was making it to where Higo could not be offensive. Super effective. Just when I thought this sport was running out of heels, okay, Danny Sabatello <laughs> came along. Right Comes then, in along. that moment, he came along, and he uh, turned heel in one fight. Yep. In mm -hmm. one fight. Sure, maybe he was a heel to his opponents, but he was kind of a fan favorite a little bit. A little bit. Not in Connecticut anymore. If, I, if I'm Rafion Stotts, I'm like, I want to fight in Connecticut. I swear oh, I want to fight him. Rafion Stotts, he he walked in that cage and looked around and he was looking at the crowd and goes, oh yeah, I'm going to use this one. <laughs> oh yeah, great. I'm going to pull that. I'm going to pull them to my side. And he did. He did quick. Uh, he did quick. Look, uh, I'm, in terms of Sabatello, he's got a fast shot. He fought slow and composed in the first round when he knew Higo was dangerous. He was able to steal the first round, I thought, by getting the takedown at the end, but it was still a close round. Um, and then in that second round, he started, like you said, he got he got his back taken, he got reversed, uh, that type of stuff. Had to deal with some adversity in that in that situation. I thought for sure there'd be a little bit more. But he was more. composed. He was composed, but I thought Higo should have pressed a little bit more with a little sense of urgency to get him out of there. Like work on working more of the chokes. He was content with kind of holding the position. You know, um, I wanted to see a little bit more out of him in that position. The other thing, I wonder how much in his mind was, it's just five rounds. Am I going to get tired? I've had to make, you know, I made weight and there's a lot of preparation for him, for someone who has missed weight for so long. Would it affect him in a five round fight? He wasn't sure his weight was down. He said he felt good. Uh, he just didn't look as, he didn't look as aggressive as I've seen him before in the past. And, uh, but in the past, he didn't make weight though either. So there's there, that could be some of it as well. <laughs> That's true. You know. Um. But look, now that he's out, now that he's out of the tournament, does he go up to forty five? That's what I say with Higo. Does he go to forty five? And Danny Sabatello, he's got his hands full. He's got his hands full. Rafael Stotts. Because if you think you're just gonna out wrestle him for five rounds, nope. You're gonna have your hands full, my man. It's gonna be. That's yeah, true. But, but good. all of these things, this all this stuff being said, Danny has a gas tank. Yes, He's he got does. a gas tank, and and Rafion's got one too, but does he have one for five rounds? When when Rafion fought uh, Magomedov, it was only a three round tired. fight. It was only a three and round fight, he and, he, and he got tired. And so in yeah. this fight, I wouldn't say he got exhausted, but he got he got tired. You know, and if you're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna see we're gonna see things like that where Danny Sabatel is gonna have to try to push him to the point where he gets tired, because if he doesn't. Yeah. You're not. You keep him fresh, and not not try to push the wheel on him, and he stays fresh. He he. The speed of him in terms of his striking, the way he mixes up his combinations with the striking and the kicking, as well as his ability to sprawl and defend takedowns. Whoo! It's gonna be a tough fight, Danny. But I think he's. Got, I think Danny's got a good chance of beating them too if he presses the pace for the hard, a hard five rounds, makes him work. It's got to. Well, that'll also talk, slow down the striking, John. That'll slow down yeah. a little bit of the striking and the hesitation to let your strikes go when you know you're, you're going to be taken down or potential being taken down. True. Hmm. Well, you thought you said something about a guy named Magomed Magomedov, and he had a fight against Enrique Barzola. 
you got to give it to him. He fought well. I thought Barzola was fighting well. I thought Barzola was doing things really uh, the way he needed to to push the pace of the fight. But you got to give it up for Magomed. He was taking his time. And when he finally got the opportunity to latch onto the neck the right way, he hit it fast. He hit it hard. And he took that head home because there was no way Enrique was getting out of that. You saw him dropping down. He was in trouble right away. It was tight. You can't you can't make a mistake against a good fighter. You make a mistake against a good fighter, and they catch that mistake. Good chance you're going to be going home disappointed. And I know Enrique is very disappointed with what happened, but he's really shown he's a very good fighter. And just <laughs> John, that was that was thunder right there. That, that's like you're, shots you're, fired. Your right monitor, there, your monitor just shook, dude. It was like it, the whole building shook. <laughs> oh, it, is, it is going off. Love that. Wow. I just wish I was, was outside so watching it. I heard it go, and then I, saw, I just saw your monitor shake. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to act like it's not happening. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Um, uh, I agree with you, John. Uh, Barzola has nothing to be ashamed of. He made no. one mistake against someone who's phenomenal. You take a look at Magomedov and who he's lost to. He's lost to two people. He's lost nope. to Peter Yan, and he's lost to Rafian Stotts. Those are his two losses. And... He's got he's phenomenal. He's good all the way around. He's got good wrestling. His striking is very he's unorthodox. Got good, he's got good striking though. He's got a lot of spinning attacks. Yeah. He hits the spinning back kick very well. He's fast with it. He does the spinning back fist all the time. And you know what? He lands it. So it's this it's not like he's just this, you know, oh, he's just a stone wrestler. He will attack you in the stand-up with a lot of different techniques. You need to be very cautious and aware of what he's doing at all times. You have to watch his feet, look for the setups because when he spins, he spins fast and he yep. does it well. Yep. Yeah, he's uh he's gonna be a he's gonna be this look, he's really tough to deal with. But he's fighting someone who is tailor he is tailor made for, to be honest. Him and Mix. Oh yeah. I I don't look equally on the feet, they're probably about the same. Just stylistically Magomedov is, has a different style of stand-up that catches you off guard. But in the wrestling, I'm going to go with Magomedov is a better wrestler, but the submission-wise, I'm going to go with Patchy as the better submission guy. And they, I think you're going to end up seeing two guys being forced to stand. You know, because Magomedov's going to, he's going to have to be very cautious about how he gets his takedowns, where he leaves his neck. Because if you go back and watch his fight with Rafian Stotts, Rafian got his back. That's you true. don't want Patchy Mix on your back. And if you go back and you watch his fight with Matos, he got rocked right off the back and he got his back taken, almost got choked out yep. in his first fight in his first fight in Bellator. That was a crazy, insane first, you know, minute, minute and a half of that fight. And he fought his way out, stake and pose, because his arm was trapped when he had the neck. It was it was crazy. He was able to wiggle out of it and get free, and then he dominated the fight from then on. But yes, this man. matchup, stylistically, between Patchy Mix and Magomedov. It makes for a lot of questions to be answered. Can he survive on the ground with Patchy Mix? It makes for a fun fight. It makes for a very fun fight. And when I yeah. looked at the Barzola in his fight, I was like, oh, I could kind of see him be a little bit of a boring fight after he gets a takedown or two if he's able to just control Barzola on the ground and Barzola maybe make a mistake. It wasn't that way at all. He had a hard no. time getting Barzola down, and Barzola was actually taking him down. I think Barzola easily. took him down more than he took Barzola down. I think it's true. I think you're right, John. He did. He did a great job. Every time he lashed around, he lashed his hands underneath his ass. He lifted him, took him down. Yep. But in all fairness, I'm going to go back into this. And the reason why I kind of I, – I take my experience with with 
sparring and training with Khabib and Islam and those guys, they will give you positions because they know that's where they, they want to be. With Magomedov, like, it seemed like he didn't want to defend the takedown at all because as soon as he hit the ground, he went right to the switch. He went right to a single leg. He went right yeah. to position and then worked his way back up right from there to pressing Barzola to the fence and then either getting the takedown or making him work and hanging on him and all those things. So it almost was like, go ahead, take the easy takedown. I'm not going to fight it really. Now I'm now I'm in on your legs, or now I'm on an ankle, or whatever it is from this position, and now I'm reversing it, pushing you to the fence, locking my hands, getting the takedown on you, and making you defend from there. Very it could have been that, could have not been that, but I, I were just flashbacks. Of, yeah. Go ahead, take me down. Shit, <laughs> like now I'm the one against the fence, <laughs> or I'm the one, yeah. I'm the one on bottom. You're like I'm the damn. one in trouble. Yeah. Damn it, Jim. I'm not a doctor. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, Brennan Ward versus uh, Cassius Kane. Like Brennan Ward came out and did what Brennan Ward does. He yep. comes out, he comes out to finish guys. If he's going to win, it's usually by a finish. He's had one decision win in his entire career. Uh, he hurt Kane multiple times in the fight. Hit him with big shots. Yep. Too much power. Too much. Uh, too much wrestling ability for Kane to overcome. Yeah. Uh, Achilles Mota versus Dan Moret. I expected fight. It was a great fight. Great, great fight. fight. God uh, dang, both of those guys went after it. I was shocked that Achilles Moda took Damaret down as many times as yep. he did. Shocked yep. by that. Yeah. And uh just both guys. Both guys had gas tanks. In the end, Achilles was a little tired. I don't blame him. He worked his ass off in that fight. But you want to go and watch a great fight between two guys going for it. I I'll watch a Dan Moret fight anytime because he just goes for it. Yeah. yeah, he's got two losses in a row now. He lost to Spike Carlisle when he was winning the whole fight. Remember when he lost to Spike Carlisle? Yeah, oh, man, right. great I fight. Thought, I thought his last fight was uh, against uh, Yamauchi. No, that was his first no, fight. No, that was his first fight. Okay, okay. That was his first okay, fight. Right. Then he fought Spike, Spike Carlisle, and Spike ends up coming away with a, a, a rear naked choke win. He yeah. I, you know, choked him unconscious. and But... God, you got to give it to Dan, man. He just brings it. I will watch yeah. that dude anytime. Tough as nails. This was a great fight. Very close. I, I agree. I thought Killies won it, but super back and forth fight. Really fun to watch. And then one of the one of the new young up and comers that we really like is Lucas Brennan, which is Chris Brennan's son. Um, he's, yeah. His dad's doing a great job with him. Lucas continues to. Evolve. I mean, I'd like to see a little bit more striking. You hear that, Chris? Huh, Dad? No, 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 no. I, I would like to see a little bit more striking. Quit being negative, Nancy. It's not negative. It's not negative. You're being He. All right. Let me hold on. Do you like when a fighter is smart enough to go to his strength? I like that. Okay. So what's what is Lucas doing? I think I think for these lower. I don't want to look. Johnny Soto's tough. But for the for tough. these lower fights, when you're still learning how to come up, this is when you should dabble a little bit more into the striking if you're learning. I, I get with staying with your with your bread and butter, but as the fights get tougher, it's going to be harder to dabble in the striking if you haven't already tried to dabble with it in the easier the fights that are not as hard. I understand. I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. But I've watched people dabble and lose because yeah. they were dabbling. I get so, it. I get it. Keep working it. And and look, Lucas went to James Krause and Glory 
uh, did a lot of training over there to, to really start working on his stand-up. He loved what it, you know, uh, he was taught there, loved all the people there. Uh, great training. He, he goes, he says, James Gallagher and I were the only Bellator guys over there. Everyone was from the UFC. He goes, it was almost like everyone was against us. It was great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. It was great. <laughs> oh, so, that's cool, though. But uh, look, Lucas Brennan has a, a serious talent on the ground. And, and I'm going to say this right now. You know, I've known Chris forever, and I love Chris. Uh, Chris started out at the Gracie Academy when I was there and just phenomenal guy, great fighter. His son is a more dynamic submission fighter than his dad was. Yeah. Right now. But, but, but he, John, but John, yeah, it's because yeah. his dad did a damn good job with him. That's why. Exactly. His dad did and, a, and doing a great job. With I'm him. telling you right now, I know Chris is prouder of anything that Lucas is doing than anything he ever did. Of course. And it's because of what Chris has done with him. And Chris has just done an incredible job of raising this kid and, and the other part that Chris has been very smart with, you know, you talked about the competition levels. There's all kinds of ways for people to do this. You can have this person that you know is this young stud and, oh, we can beat anybody. And, you know, you've seen that before in Bellator. Aaron Pico is a fine example of yeah. what can happen when you say, no, I want the big fights. I want the big money. Or you say, hey, I'll take less money and I'll, I just want to progress. I want to start off fairly slow and just progress and get better with each fight. And I'll tell you when I'm ready to take on the top level people. Yeah. Similar to what a Sean O'Malley has done with his career in the UFC. Chris has been very smart with the way he's handled his son and it's paying off. Yep. I agree. Uh, the, the, to me, I knew that the, this was potentially gonna be fight of the night, pretty much the whole night. I had some, <laughs> I had a little bit of doubt. I, I thought the, I thought the Higo and uh, Sabatello fight would potentially be up there. That didn't happen, but Sabatello fought a smart fight in this fight right here. Shabli and Primus, Primus brings it every single time. And Shabli oh, is very patient. It. He was coming after it. Shabli is patient, but he's very clean with his strikes. Now, I, I trained with him for a while. I haven't never trained with Brent Primus. I've trained with Shabley. He's a stud. He's got good hands. He's got good boxing. He's very tight, tight with his stuff. But he has now started to get a little bit into that George Masvidal style of the relaxation with the hands, the uh, the arms are out a little bit wider. When I sparred with him, he, everything was extremely tight. Elbows to the yeah. ribs. He's now loosening up, which is even more scary because now you under, now he understands me being so tense and tight is not as as is not as effective as when I'm loose and I'm just relaxed and I'm, just I'm expecting everything, just letting it flow. His sprawl, holy cow. His sprawl. Yeah, <laughs> Shots fired, <laughs> baby. Jeez. Oh, I can hear that. Um, I'm just hoping it's not hitting one of my trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's what it Johnny sounds be like. out there with a ladder again, broken ribs. Yep, oh, no. I'm in trouble Jeez. breaking ribs. All the broken so ribs it's going to be. He was, he was very relaxed, stuffed some takedowns, got after it. Like he. There was never a threat, really. I think Primus had some good leg kicks in there. Primus landed a couple good shots. Primus got power in his hands. I mean, Mike, he dropped Michael Chandler. And, yep. uh, you know, and also with leg kicks, he got power in his kicks, you know, and that's how he beat Michael Chandler the first time. He's he's dangerous, and he's good off of his back, and he's good on top. He's got good wrestling. He's a big, big 55-pounder. John, oh. you know that. He cuts a ton of weight. He big is. Shoulders, he's big jacked. back. He's jacked, he's jacked. for 155. Yeah, huge so arms all, and shoulders. All of those things. He he's a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. Uh, Alexander Shabley, though, I'm telling you, people right now, I could potentially see him being the champ of Bellator and being the champ for a while. 
if he gets into that mix. He's already in the mix now. He just beat the number two guy. He was number eight. He's now in that talk and that conversation. You know, you've got who do we got at the top there? We've got you got Benson well, you Henderson. Got you got Patrick now. Patrick is the champ. He's fighting Outlaw. Yeah, Outlaw is the one coming up. You also have Usman Nurmagomedov coming up. Benson is yep. just a, a step ahead of him right now, but Benson's got a fight against Peter Quilly in Dublin in mm -hmm. September. So really, I look at it. You've got uh, Shabley with that win beating Premise. It moves him way up there, and it's really a kind of a thing between him and Nurmagomedov. Yeah. No, you're, yeah, I agree with you, but I think I also think if he's not going to fight probably until the winner of Benson and and uh, Queely and Queely, I could see him potentially fighting the winner of that, you know, and to see if he gets a title shot because you got Outlaw and then you'll have I don't know, I don't know who you have. After you, that. Have, you, know, Just, you have Nurmagomedov. Telling you he's there. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they, see, they want well, that fight you, just yet. Right now, see, you're going yeah. and doing the Johnny Eblen thing. You're saying oh, just a couple more fights. I don't know if they want that fight just yet. I don't know if they want that fight just yet. Uh, we're so, gonna find I mean, out. You, well, if you look at if you look at Shabley, his record's twenty and three. He's twenty one and three now. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of fights, man. I mean, and I know I know that I know that Usman's got he's fourteen and zero, but he still has a little bit of room for growth. Let's slow play him a little bit. I think I think that's what they're gonna do with him. They're gonna slow play him a little bit longer. We'll see. He's in that mix. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next fight. Uh, what do you got there? So Kadzinganu versus uh, Sorensen. Split decision. Look, let's just. It was. It was a. I don't it think it was a, a great split. performance. No. It said, oh, no, it decision. Oh, you know. Sorry. Horrible She won every round. Wasn't one of her best performances. Apparently, she hurt her knee afterwards. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Tokov looked very impressive as always. I mean, he's twenty. What? Thirty. I think thirty and two now. Thirty-one and two now. Thirty-one and two now. I just want to see him fight Eblen. That's all I want to see. Yeah, you know him and or or him and Gegard. I can see him. I'd like to watch him fight Gegard as well. Yeah. So wh whoever they think, but I would like to see him fight Eblen next. Yeah. Sabahumasi does what Sabahumasi does. Sabahumasi <laughs> talks a lot of trash. He backs it up with his big hands and his big power and his fucking. He's a stud, man. I love watching him fight. I don't give a crap. Win no, because he comes to fight. Yep. Every single damn and time he comes to fight. But you got to give him. You got to give him this. Like I, I watched Sabah when he first went in the UFC. I'm trying to remember who his first fight. I think it was Tim Means. Mm -hmm. Tim Means was, I believe, his first fight in the UFC. And he, you know, he talked a whole lot of. He was Sabah. Yeah. And Tim Means, Tim Means beat him up. You know, and then he had a controversial fight uh, in there. Then he got a rematch stuff. It just, it just didn't flow for him there. He's, he's on. He's on his course now. He understands who he is. He understands when I need to switch things up because he can. He is athletic. He's super strong. He's got a decent ground game. It's not you know what he relies on. But the power in his hands is an equalizer against anyone. He's only I've, I've seen Paul Daly hurt twice in fights. Twice. He's one of them. You know, he got hurt by you know Nick, Nick Diaz, Diaz long ago in one of the greatest rounds ever, and he got hurt by Sabaho Masi in another fight that had one of the greatest rounds. It was awesome. Yeah. So the guy's got power. He can equalize anything. It's just that you know that if he doesn't get it done within the first round and a half and he's throwing those bombs, he does slow down. Yeah. So he didn't have he didn't have to slow down at all. He he just absolutely waylaid Mendonska 
in this fight. Great win for him. Uh, Jawani versus Lara. I thought Jawani looked good. She pressed the pace. She she almost got knocked out at the end of the first round after Lara got back up to her feet. But Lara, just as the fight goes on, slows down and does not fight smart, John. Boom, fight IQ. there you go. She you is go. A, such a talent, but she just does not fight smart. And it nope. drives me crazy. Um, then we got James Gonzalez versus Cody Law. Big upset. B huge even upset. Though, even though I, I, and I told you before this, I said, mm -hmm. James Gonzalez can fight. Man, I watched this guy. He's got a win against Pat Sabatini, but it was because of an injury to Pat Sabatini because you know that's what a lot of people will talk about. But he's fought. Everyone he's fought is really tough dudes. He has This guy has not dodged anybody. And coming into this, he's a black belt from Matt Serra. He fights out of a you know, Longo MMA. And he's good. He's a gamer. He will go after yeah. you. And he went after Cody Law. And, and he took that fight over. In the beginning, Cody had it going. He was flowing well. He took the fight over. He deserved that win. That's a great win for James Gonzalez. I agree. Um, Aaron Jeffries had a great he had a great uh, great knockout. Beautiful, Beautiful elbow. Knockout. Set it all yep. up. Then the knee and then everything else that finished up behind it. But the most technical strike that I saw all night was by Mandel Nalo. Oh, yeah. Just Dude, set it shuffled up this and beautifully. it beautifully yep. right on target he just slipped he just basically slid his feet back right out of range planted his feet Step and then forward, threw the straight right boom. hand Think fight was over absolutely amazing bryce logan hit that hit the ground face down ass up then rolled to his back and just he didn't even roll back to his back he rolled back to his belly he like rolled over just turned all the way away and just got up and walked to his corner because he knew the fight was over it was that <laughs> <did>. quick <laughs> but my my driver to take me back to the airport, he goes, oh, that fight was stopped way too fast. I go, did you see how he fell? I go, did you see him arguing at all? I go, when someone goes face down, ass up, probably not a bad stoppage. And they, and, they, and no, no, the other thing is he didn't even argue with the ref. He no. Turned, he rolled he, all the way he over. over he, he, he actually looked over at Nalo and yeah. goes, great shot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay. it's just like, shit, it was over, quick, done. I mean, I don't even know if he realized how much time had lapsed between the time that yeah. he had walked to his corner. It wasn't much, but he already know. knew the fight was over. He knew it was over. Yeah. All right, hey, guys, well, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. Let's jump right into the UFC talk. Overall, there were some good fights on this card, man. I mean, like, I don't even want to get into the main event. You want to go top to the bottom? Let's start from the bottom and go up. Oh, okay. Let's start from the bottom and go up. Switch only it up. Some of the fights at the beginning of the card, I wasn't, I, I was like, eh. But the fight that I really, really liked was, was? T.J. Brown and versus. Um, oh, uh, great fight! God, that was, late, that was later on though. Yeah. I don't even. No, I know, I know. About halfway through, I know. But to me, that was a fantastic fight, John. Um, the, the fights earlier, I thought they were okay. They were good fights. Big thought, win, um, big win by Cody Durden. But beautiful submission by, yes, Mario Batista. Just absolutely gorgeous as far as how he took the back quick with the grabbing for the rear naked choke. Um, yeah. I thought the the fight between uh, Paiva against uh, Morozov, tough fight. Paiva came out. He wins the first round. Morozov changes it up a little bit, wins the second round. And look, in the end, I thought he did a little bit more. I thought it was, a you know, an actual good decision with – him getting it, you know, it was a unanimous decision, but he did enough. You know, yeah, I had Piva winning the, the first right round. Thing. I thought he had, I thought he won the first. Piva won the first round pretty easily. Yes, he and did. And then the second and the third, he just started. 
Um, what's he, his name? Uh, going down Morozov. off. He's he basically just changed the dynamic of how the fight was going to take place. Yep. And just started running away with it as Paiva slowed down. So yep. yeah, good fight. But <clears throat> the other fight, the one I was just talking about with T.J. Brown, Nerdenbeki. I don't even know how you, how you say his name. Yeah, I don't know. Nerdenbeki is all I know. Great fight. Great fight. Just the, when you want to, if I was to take a fight and say, hey. Go. This is how MMA. This is what they call mixed martial arts. This fight had everything. Had good wrestling, good submission attacks, good arm bars, triangles. Had leg leg attacks, calf slicer attacks. It had everything. I mean, this was a great Including fight on the bad feet. Bad die jobs. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It was all. It was almost as bad as Bisping and Paul Felder having matching suits and ties. Oh, these guys they? had matching hairstyles. Almost. Oh, well, TJ no. had the mullet, yeah. so. Yeah, one of them. Had, yeah, TJ had the mullet, but I thought it was. I thought it was a good fight. Did you have it, it scored was. that way? Did you have it scored that way? For Charlotte Nordembeke. Yeah. Nordembeke. I thought it was close. You know, it was. Yeah, it was, it was a fight. close fight. I thought TJ got tired, and that was he got he got tired from a lot of the wrestling. He got himself out of some bad spots. He came up in the top position. But he always ended up coming up and then losing it and being put yeah. back down at times. So I, I had no problem with the way that the fight was uh, judged. A little bit like that Alejandro Lara situation. Gets yeah. gets a reversal, gets on top, yeah. and then all of a sudden loses, gets too anxious, jumping into stuff and just getting swept or thrown over and losing balance. Like in these situations, TJ Brown did a lot of great stuff. Yep. But then just like you, I think in the last part of it, right? I think he started getting to the back and he got shook off the top and got put on the bottom. It's like, ah, then he scrambled enough, but then it was too late by then. But yep. I mean, like when I, when I talked through this whole this whole card, that was a fantastic fight. I was it just was. like, wow, this was a great, great fight. We had talked um, about Carlos Allberg yeah. uh, on our previous show saying, look, this the guy's good. Yes, he lost his first fight, but man, this guy's really got some talent, good stand-up. And he went out and he put it on Chukwi quickly. I don't understand that they kept on saying it was oh it was a jab. It was not a jab. No, it just it's it looked fucking, like it from the angle. It was John, a jab from the original the top from, bink. from the original angle though, I agreed with them. I thought it was a jab, but then when I saw oh, it from okay. the reverse angle, it looked it was a little and like loopy left hook. What they yeah. did was he feigned the jab and then when Njuki moved his hand forward to parry it, he came yep. around and stepped around. Rondo, right a little bit of, of that uh like how Ryan Bader does it and Rockhold does it really well. He feints you a little bit as you react, he steps around and throws the hook off yeah. of it. And so he, he did a good job on that. And it was a and nice job of power. finishing. Yeah, he had his crew there, man. He had his uh, New Zealand Boy, mafia there. They were all yeah. there. All of yeah. them. Did you see? Did you see after he got the knockout? Izzy stands up, and yeah. and as Izzy stands right. up, you have Vol Vol Volkanovski, Volkanovski trying to get around no him. No chance of seeing anything. All you see is Volk's head come out the side like this, and, and then Izzy moves, back, and then he goes like this way, and he's like moves. It was like he's like everywhere he tried to move. I couldn't see anything. It was so great. That's what happens oh, when you're the 145 pound champ and the 185 pound champs in front of you. That's so great. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, another great fight. I thought Chris Curtis and Vieira was a great fight. It was. I look. I know a lot of people are going to sit there and they're going to criticize in some way that fight. I thought Adolfo Vieira fought a, a great fight. Mm -hmm. I thought Chris Curtis won the fight. Yep. I thought the action man did exactly what he was supposed to. He sprawled and brawled throughout that entire thing. Vieira wasn't really able to get that takedown ever. He kind of came close in the first one. And the beautiful wizard by 
Curtis brings him up out of it. But Vieira's stand-up has gotten way better. He didn't look like he was dying as much. He did slow down. You could see it. But Curtis was slowing down. They, They threw a lot of shots. And I thought it was very intelligent for Curtis to continue to go to the body. You got a guy like Vieira who tends to slow down, who tends to get tired. He attacked the body consistently throughout the fight. That was a very smart, intelligent move set up by him in his corner. Um, a good win. The real question is, what are you going to do with Vieira? Do you just continue on, or is it he's got to go get win? Because is this what his third loss in a row? Might, maybe Vieira. just two. Dave, did he get a win somewhere in there? I think he got a win. He, last he time. might yeah, have. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you keep him. You keep him. But like, I think we have oh, continued I, to say. I do think you keep him, but you've got to bring the the, the level of competition. Has got to go back. You can't continue to to put him in there. What do you, I don't know. This was a competitive fight. It, I mean, he had moments in there where it was competitive, yeah, John. That's true. You know, I mean, look. That's even true. though he lost, it was a unanimous decision. He lost thirty, probably thirty twenty seven. I think. But it was there was moments there where it was competitive, especially in the first round. Yeah. And then the fight started to get away from him. I, look, people are like, oh, well, you know, he's he's a great jujitsu guy. This, he is a yeah, great if, jujitsu guy. If you if you can't get the fight to the ground, yeah, doesn't matter how good your jujitsu is. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that, it, like you do, I think, as well. We've talked about this a hundred times. He cuts too much weight. Yeah. And, and it just shows that he just gets tired. He just gets tired and just slows down, drastically slows down. And he carries so much muscle for that body frame. You got to feed that muscle, man. Feed it with food. Feed it with more, a little bit more conditioning that gives you more uh, oxygen to your muscles to feed that energy. I'm like, he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have it after after a round, round and a half. He just slows down so much that it makes it easy for whoever to pick him apart. One shot, one, two shots, and then just move and stick and move and get away. I think he'll be a better fighter at 205. He's going to have a hard time winning a title there, but I think he's going to be a better fighter there. More endurance. And, uh, and then he'll be able to just walk around whatever, he, you know, at the weight that he normally probably walks around that. So, yeah. Um, okay. What other, so let me pull up something else. What's the rest of the card? Oh, come on. Oh, you're, come, you're, on. You're, 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 come on. You're, you're, come on. You're, you can't my boy, my boy, my boy, Umar, boy, Umar Magomedov. Yeah. He looked good. I mean, like really what he needed to do was get some minutes in there because he's coming off the knee surgery. It's been a long time since he's been in the cage. He just, I think. It was good for him to get some minutes in that cage. It was good for him. To, uh, he had dominant. It was dominant position. He did a lot of good things, and he's made so much growth in terms of his uh, grappling. Ground, yeah. His ground game has gotten so much better. I mean, like people think, oh, because he's you know he's related to Khabib, and <laughs> well, he's got that he's, name, he's, and so with that, that last name, that all the wrestling comes with it. He wasn't a great wrestler when he when he first started coming into AK at 19 years old. He was good. But he wasn't great, you know, but his striking was really good. He's got that taekwondo slash karate style sidekicks. Did you see that little hook slash push kick to the face? That I mean, like, if I tried to do that, I would throw my hip out. Like, it, he just, <laughs> he looked fantastic in putting his stuff together. Yeah. I'd like to see him throw a little bit more um, of the hands after he lands the kick. Because <clears throat> there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of one, two, one. One, two, you know, I'd like to see him get a little bit more in there, but especially with these guys that he should be beating. But here he is, 15-0. What does that say? Look, he, Where do uh, we go? 
the other part is you you got you don't don't dismiss the guy that he dominated in nope. this fight. Nate, Nate Manis is a good fighter. He's a tough guy, and uh, he he gave nothing to Umar as far as he, you know. He never in, in any fashion ever conceded and was just trying to survive. He was trying to fight. He just couldn't stop what Umar was doing. And Umar did that to a good fighter. So it's impressive. He, he's, he is getting better. You can see the improvements that he's making. And as he ages, he's just understanding how to fight better and better. Uh, he did a great job sometimes, especially with the way he was passing. Anytime he wanted to pass to side control. Yeah. Like, like butter, dude. Like butter. Well, he was using that. He was going three-quarter mount. And then when he was started, and when... Uh... Mana started defending too much. He'd go right to the knee slide pass on the on the left side. Yeah. And what he was doing yep. really well was he was elevating the elbow. So it was keeping Manis from pushing the hips away or pushing the knee away and keeping him in the half guard position. Very, very impressive. Very basic, but very effective. Yep, but it works. Everyone continues I, to think they've got to pass guard some spectacular way when in reality, just stick with the basics and it works. Tiago Moises looked really good. He took a big shot, but looked good in the fight. Beautiful choke. This is where you, you know when people talk about, you know, oh, you can't be choked out with one arm. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes well, it's not. Go ahead. It wasn't one arm. Well, it is as far as it's one on the, the neck and one over the top to block, but it's a one arm choke. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I know saying. what you're saying too. But he yeah. grabbed the far side shoulder and then hugged That's and right. squeezed, and so That's it's right. yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, very effective. I wasn't expecting um his opponent to tap, but I it was it was very good. And you can just tell how strong Moises is. Yeah. Super strong. Him and him and Armand and Gamrot, just John, I can't tell you enough how blessed I am not to be in the fifty five pound division anymore. <laughs> Fuck these guys. They are yeah. so they're not even built like they're just they're built like Greek gods. All all of them, all three of them. It's insane. It's insane. And, and you can just tell. And they're so good, so explosive, so they're so well-rounded everywhere. Good striking, good wrestling, all of these things. They're phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, Parisian and uh, Boudot. Boudot just gassed out, blew his water yeah. in the first, came out in the second, had no answers for when he hit the ground. His back was on the canvas, just getting worked. Now, yeah. uh, Shavkat versus uh, Neil Magny. Oh, there wasn't a moment in there that Neo Magny was one in that fight. Well, and this is the part I thought. First off, I, I, so I talked about how good Rachmanov was. I said, look, this dude is good. Josh, take a look. Everything is a finish. He is yeah. every fight, right? We went through that. Mm -hmm. But I did think that this was a fight where uh, he's going to have some competition. Neil Magny is going to have his little moments because Neil does his. Little, this is going to really show how good Rachmanov is, and it did. Because yeah. he just walked through a good fighter. Yep. Yeah, there was, there was a... There was not a moment that he was not in control of that fight. No. There was not a moment that he was losing. There was not a moment that you had any doubt who was going to end up coming out on top in that fight. Yeah, he dominated. He dominated that fight from beginning to end, and I was, I was wondering if he was going to even continue to try to go for a finish because there was no reason for him to. But as he did, and as he started working for it, I was like, oh, wow, you're, you're really going to go for this. There and you knew. Yeah. Most of the time, as a fighter, they're going to hear that that clack. That clack, yeah. 
and there wasn't much time left. You knew how tight that choke was. Neil had to tap out at that at that point. Yeah. He couldn't couldn't bear through it. Nice, beautiful submission. Great John, fight. Two seconds left. I know. But when it's tight, when it's tight, so what it's I'm tight. saying when it's, when it's on, it's on. It's on. Yeah. All right, this, but who should he gonna, fight next? Who should he fight next? Who should Shavkat Rachmanov fight next? Who do you think? Kamzat Shemaev. <laughs> Let's, go. Like that. Let's go. Let's go. What I don't see someone, what the problem is. Let's, Let's go. See. Someone's always got to go. Yeah, someone's always <laughs> got to go. Let's go. Um, All right. I mean, I could see. I could see maybe like someone like a Sean Brady. That I would love to see. You know, because someone I mean, like, like a Sean Brady. That's somebody like yeah, someone like that a Sean would be Brady. A great fight. I think. But if you're Sean fight. Brady, do you take a look. Where, where's Sean Brady? Is somewhere Sean's around. Sean's like seven? number. Seven or eight, is he seven? I think, somewhere That's what in there. Nine. Nine. Number nine. And then okay, now Mag Magni was 10. Yep. And Shavkat was 15. So he's going to move up. Yep. I don't know. I mean, does he move Does does he move up above Kiesa? That's the question. And if he does, I mean, do they just switch spots? Kind of that position? I don't know. But don't the know. bottom line is, can you blow that up a little bit more? My eyes, I can't see. <laughs> but I, I like you have Steven Thompson wow, in there. That's so big. thank you very much. I'd like to see Sean Brady fight Stephen Thompson. Uh, I, I could also see um, Shavkat fight uh, Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque coming off someone who was able to wrestle him, Bilal Muhammad. Bilal so Muhammad. maybe you have Shavkat fight him. Uh, you know, I'd like to How see Vicente Michael Luque. Chiesa? Yeah, maybe the Chiesa fight. I, I wouldn't. I want to see Sean Brady fight someone like Vicente Luque or Stephen Thompson. I want to see that fight. But I can, I can get behind the Shavkat fight as well. Good stuff. Okay. All right, let's All right, go let's back. Talk let's talk about to the main event. Gamera versus Sarukian. All right, for everyone out there, I want you to do me a favor. If you're a smoker, if you're a vapor, I want you to get off of that nasty habit, something that's going to cause you health problems, shorten your life, and take you away from your loved ones. I want you to go to Breathe Fume, F-U-M, slash weighing in. Go to Breathe Fume. Breathe Fume is a product that will help you become a healthier person. If you've got that hand-to-mouth habit, that every smoker or vapor has. This will replace the smoking and the vaping with a healthy essential oil that is good for you, good for everyone around you. You can do it anywhere when you're driving your kids in the car, on a plane, on a train, doesn't matter. You can use fume everywhere. It will make you healthy. Go to breathe fume slash weighing in. Use the promo code weighing in and get 10% off one of the greatest products to make you healthy and get you off of that smoking and vaping. I've heard too many people complaining about this. This was a close fight, Josh. This was a oh, super close fight. You're going to hate what fight. I have to say then. You're going to hate what you, I have to say. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> John, I was texting you. I know you uh, were. <laughs> so did you did you have Gamrot winning? The real question for me is this. I, I had Sarukian win in the first two rounds. Yep. Third round was extremely close. Yep. But I had, I had Gamrot winning it. Same, Same as Paul Felder had Gamera coming back and winning it. Yep. The questionable round is the fourth round. Nope, not in my opinion. Question. Yes, it is. Because, and this, I, I talk with you all the time about this. I do. And, and, yep. and we, can, we can go back and forth with it. Yes, Gamera got put on his butt with a spinning back fist. But he was also on one leg because he was kicking at the time that he got hit. And right away, he goes into a grappling situation. Do you think he was that hurt by it? 
Mm-hmm. I don't think he was that hurt by it. And if you take a look, especially of the remainder, especially near the end of the round, he was putting some good shots on Sarukian. Sarukian was getting a little bit tired. <clears throat> yeah. It's, I'm okay with any way someone wants to look at it, but all three judges scored that fight completely the same. Hmm. They all looked at it the same way. And it's, it's that fourth round, in my opinion. The third round was close, but I still think Gamera, I, I thought he won that. I thought he did some good stuff in that. It's that Sarukian is, and, and I, I don't, and I know this doesn't doesn't add up as far as it's not fair. Sarukian is twenty five years old, and Jeez. I don't think this loss means anything. That kid is freaking good, yeah, and he's gonna be special. He is special he's gonna, right now, John. That, he's okay, special true. right now. Good, good point. He is special right now, and. I don't think this loss does him any damage in any way. I think more people now look at him and go, I want to watch that guy fight again. His wrestling is freaking stellar. His stand-up, he's got power in his hands. He's fast. He moves well. He cuts angles well. I just look at it and I go, yeah, it was a close fight. It could have gone either way. But you know, you're going to hear people with robbery. There's no robbery in here. It was close, and I can understand how judges look at it one way when maybe, you know, have to. Let's look at it this way. Both these guys trained at ATT. Most of their, you know, that's where they, that's where they both trained. Now, I know that Sarukian's training at Syndicate right now because of that whole thing, but you had guys from ATT in both corners. You had Mike Brown in Gamrot's corner. You had Bahumba. He's over in Sarukian's corner. And you, you got ATT guys going against each other here. And if you ask Pahumba who he thought won the fight, he will tell you Sarukian. And if you ask Mike Brown who won the fight, he's going to tell you camera. And if it was reversed, it wouldn't change. They'd both say, yeah, my guy won. Yeah. It was that close. Well, I sat up here um, last week um, for our midweek show, and I said, Sarukian's the better wrestler, which – He's the better wrestler when it comes to when he was fresh. As he yeah. slowed down, he was not the better wrestler. Gamrot was boy, able to he, put the... He did some beautiful work as far as oh negating the takedown at times. You go, God damn, he did that well. Even when he was tired, he was doing yes. a great job of negating the takedowns. You know, um, I had it one, two, and four for Sarukian. I okay. thought... The only reason why I gave him the credit... Now, you said because he was still able to get the takedown, but it was the way that he fell... That made me believe that he was hurt. But he he's fell on one leg. Str- yeah, no, no, you're right. And he okay. crumbled straight down. He didn't fall backwards. He didn't fall forwards. He crumbled straight down, and Srukin stepped in, and the leg was just there. He just dropped. He is if his body would have fell forward, have like he was shooting a double again. leg. He crumbled straight down, and that's why I, I, I he was hurt. Now he was Srukin stepped in. He was able to grab the leg, and then that's when the wrestling again. He drove him into the fence and got the takedown, and for whatever seconds you know he was yeah. had him against the fence that and then later on he hit him with a head kick as well and so th- when i'm talking about no, damage no no, no 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 in fact that was one i'm gonna st- i'm gonna i'm gonna check you on this one i want you to go back i'll go back and look at the the straight drop down okay sarukian did a beautiful spinning uh back kick and it went off of his shoulder it did not okay. hit him in the head it went no, off I- the shoulder 
I think I'm talking about a different kick because okay. it wasn't spinning different kick. Time? It was a straight head kick. Yeah, it was a straight okay. head kick. They just hit him right. right off the top. I hit him right off the top of his glove and his head. So, um, but no, that was in that round. It was unless it, unless you're thinking of a different spinning one that was in a different round. I don't I don't yeah. recall one of that round. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. Yeah. To to go through this. I had but look, in no way, no way am I saying this is a robbery when the fights no. and we've said this multiple times. Because that word, just like the word the goat, okay, the not the goat, but goat is thrown around. Okay, it can't be the word and this is the goat. It's like just like the word the goat is thrown around all the time. Robbery is just thrown around way too much, especially as of lately. And I loved hearing the commentary finally from all the from from the UFC guys as well as us talking about we learned about this. We learned about this. And ha. they've they've they did a better job. It, the UFC guys, I want to say that Michael Bisping. Paul Felder, even Brendan Fitzgerald, but Michael and Paul, they went to a class with officials to kind of learn and not to learn about MMA, obviously, to learn about, look, at this is the way the officials, what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they do it, how they differentiate, all that stuff. And I thought they did a great job of making good statements throughout their, their broadcast as far as, you know, saying the right things. Yeah, I think it helped. I think it really helped them. I think it does because what it does is it keeps the sport. It keeps the. It's what's the word I'm looking for here, John? Where it doesn't, it doesn't the, the the sport's not in question anymore. It's not like oh, it's it keeps it. The sport's no longer like the judging and the criterias and all that stuff is now. You don't have fans at home saying, "Oh, it was robbery." Oh, and then it becomes a, the integrity. a, big, a the integrity. Yeah. There you go. That's a good go. word there. Buddy. Nice, nice job there, podcast Dan. It keeps the integrity. I of the had sport. no idea where he was going. I uh, know it keeps the integrity <laughs> of the sport together. Now fans at home aren't going, "Oh, I fucking lost that bet because this, this, and this." It's or it's it's rigged, and it, then it becomes. Especially in the fight business right now with all the betting that's going on, not just in fighting, but in sports in general. We want to make sure that we're not saying things on a you know on the broadcast that really makes people believe that this shit is rigged. Because in no way, these guys are out there laying it on the line, and this shit is difficult. Like I said last <laughs> week, this shit is hard. Okay, and both of these guys, I haven't seen. I've seen some great lightweight fights in my life. Okay, look, I'll give Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, great fight. You've been in some okay. great lightweight fights I've been, in your life. Okay, I've been there in some go. as well. But I'm saying <laughs> this, to me, was a spectacular technical fight from beginning to end. And Fantastic. I've, I've said this from the beginning. Gamrock, but especially Sarukian, he is special. He will be. Yep. He is special now, and yep. I expect him. And I said this last week. I expect him to be in that top five within the next year and a half two years 25 years of age josh i can't see it i can't i 25. cannot see outside of some crazy nonsense happening i can't imagine him not being in the top one or two or being champion i i can see maybe not champion only based on that he's so young right now i can't tell but i expect him to be in the top five within a year and a half john he's that damn good he's so good a couple little tweaks here and there a couple little bit of tweaks with the fight iq a couple little tweaks you know, in the conditioning, you know, to help because he used a lot of energy. He's got yeah. vicious power with them leg kicks. Holy shit. You yep. know, and then he's got good hands. His wrestling and his defensive wrestling. Do you see the way he defended that takedown when he treetopped oh. him? Three times in the first round, he, he stopped that takedown with the treetop. Beautiful job. Yep. Gamrot, I, I didn't think Gamrot won, but I'm not mad. It's not a robbery. I thought it was a great fight. And if they want to run it back, hello, sign me up. I'd oh, hello. Pay, yeah. Pay-per-view dollars. Pay-per-view dollars. Thank you very much. Fight. Fantastic fight between both of them.
I can't say enough about how 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 high level that fight was. So, all right. Well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our UFC talk. Dave, podcast. Dave's got a little bit of news, I think, for us. What do you got for us, bud? So I'll let John uh, chime in on his um, king of the ah. table. He wanted. Oh, to, there you go. He wanted to look, recap this real quick. Look, we talk about combat sports all the time, and a lot of people will not say that arm wrestling is combat, but. It is in its own fashion. It's got a lot of shit talk. It's got all the same elements that, that fights have. And the guy that you're looking at there, this dude, this is a silverback gorilla in a human form. This is Levon Saganishvili from Georgia. And we've got a lot of you know athletes coming from Georgia in MMA. This dude is a monster. He took on a guy named Devin Larat, who is called No Limits, who is just one of the best. I used to arm wrestle in competitions and I got beat by the guy they, they considered the GOAT is a guy named John Brzezink and Devin Larat did the king of the table three against John Brzezink and beat him 6-0. You know, wow. and this guy beat Devin Larat like he wasn't even there. That is impressive. That is right now the greatest arm wrestler ever. And there's no one that's come close to him, and no one right now can beat that dude. He's, I'm telling you, a silverback gorilla in human form. His freaking forearm's 20 inches. John. He's 400 pounds, Josh. John. Josh, he will grab your head, squeeze, and we will watch the the pimple pop. <laughs> really? <laughs> did did uh, who's the guy that lost? Devin Larat. He- from Lerat lost. Lerat lost. Lerat. Lerat he lost. Didn't, he didn't try the over the top by oh, Sylvester dude. Stallone. He didn't try he did that. Every, hold on. I want I to say. Done, you know, I would have done that. I, I always say, man, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Devin Lerat tried to cheat in any fashion he could. He was trying to start early. He was doing everything. Did not matter. Wham. He just got crushed. Just got to go back and watch the movie Over the Top, man. That's Over all. The top, gotta, that's it. Sylvester Stallone so, yeah. shows you how to beat anybody, <laughs> anybody in arm wrestling. One of the yeah. greatest, hands down, one of the greatest movies ever to be produced. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else you got for us, Podcast Dave? Uh, okay. I think we'll wrap up on this one um, and then we'll do more in the midweek show. But Donald Cerrone stepping in short notice um, to face Jim Miller at UFC 276. Hey, two old timers getting after it. I mean, have they not fought before? I think they have. I, I believe so. they have. Can you pull it up there, Dave, and see what I we think got? They have. I think they have fought. Same here, but I mean, Cerrone just was ready last week for. Yep. Uh, what? What was it? Two seventy six. It was. Supposed uh, to it was a, It was the UFC no, Austin called. It was yeah. Uh, yeah. the one in Austin. He, that's right. Yep. And yeah. And when? Yeah, they they did twenty fourteen. Yeah. He beat Jim. He beat Jim Miller. Interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens. I like how Jim Miller's been looking good lately. You know, he's he just come, but he's coming off of a win, two wins. Click on, click on Jim. Multiple. Miller. I think his last loss wins. was to uh, two was to wins. um Vince Pichel. Yeah, two wins, two wins. Nope, 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 nope. nope. Joe Selecki. Joe Selecki. After that, yep. okay. Yeah, he's coming off two wins. Um, good performances. One uh, one TKO and one KO. And Cerrone's coming off losses, a lot of losses, you know, and one yeah. no contest. But I think it's like five losses in a row, somewhere around there. Yeah. Depends on which Cerrone we're going to see. But he's back down to 55. He's not at 70. This is going to be one of those. Maybe this is a, at a catch weight. 
He, well, he, made wa- he made weight for the Joe Lazan fight at 55. Ah, got it, got it, got it. So. I mean, so his weight's down probably. I wonder how much Budweiser he was drinking after that, though, <laughs> after he made the weight and the fight didn't happen. So who knows? But I, you know he's in shape. He's always he's always comes in shape. He's a, it's a He's a legend, man. Like, this is who he is. This is what he does. He takes fight on last minute on a last-minute notice. And he, sometimes he comes out and gets wins, and sometimes he comes out and loses. But, look, these are the type of fights that I want to see him and Jim both fighting. Yep. You know, as of now, they've got Joe Lazon. I don't want to see him two. fighting young guys. I want to see him fighting guys that, you know what, have a name, that have yeah. been there, that are close to the same age, have had the same kind of career. I have no desire to watch them fight Gamrot or Sarukian. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Like that's you know what I'm saying? Like that, like these guys back oh. in their heyday. Sure, if they, I would put them against those guys any day of the week, but not now. I have no not desire now. to see these things. So, uh, overall, good stuff. And then I heard that uh, Misha Tate is off the card as well. Lauren Murphy got hurt. Yeah, that that, so that, that, that fight's off. Yeah, that fight is yeah. off. And it's yep. not looking like they're finding an opponent either. So. No, it's just too short. Um, but overall, yeah, that's next week is the pay per view, correct? That's correct. Yes, you've got Volkanovski and versus a, Max it's Holloway. It's a good pay per view. Come on, it is a good pay per view. Yeah, I mean, Izzy that, and that fight unto itself. Yeah, and Izzy and Cannoneer. There's one other fight on there that's a good fight. See, hold on, and, and I'm being we're going to get into this in the mid. I take a yeah, look at it. the Izzy Cannoneer fight, similar to Gegard against Eblen. You yeah, know, you take a look at it, and if you're looking at it, you, you're going. You know, look, is he is he the guy that you got to look at and say we'll win that fight? You, you know, it's not only more experience in MMA, all those kickboxing fights and everything. Yeah. He's just been a fighter much longer and everything, all that experience. But Cannoneer can win that sucker. Yeah, Cannoneer's got power in his hands. You know, I, I ref Cannoneer when he was a heavyweight and then a light heavyweight. He's got power. He had power as a heavyweight, and power as a light heavyweight. He's going to have power as a middleweight. He lands one good shot. He could change that fight over into his corner real quick. I think it's a I think it's a great matchup. Obviously, Izzy is special. He's a freaking monster as far as the stand up. Yeah, but Cannoneer's got power. Yeah, Cannoneer's got power. But does he does he utilize his wrestling at all to get this fight to the ground, or at least threaten it to to make Izzy a split second hesitant to potentially get that shot in that heavy power shot in as the fight goes on? We'll see if That's he can do what Johnny Eblen could do. What Cannoneer has done, though, he's fought at heavyweight, he's fought at light heavyweight, he's now fighting at middleweight. When you see somebody like that, guess what? They understand what it's like to make sure that they're in the best shape of their life at the peak moments. Because he's worked so hard to get where he is now that nothing, nothing, nothing scares him anymore in terms of what I got to do to push my body to the limit. Look what he's done. He yeah. look what he used to be and look what he is now. He knows what it takes to get out to go out there and make sure that he comes in the best form that he possibly can. He will be in phenomenal shape. And the more this fight goes, it may potentially favor him because of his ability to push himself mentally. And he'll be able to push himself physically as well against uh, Izzy. So we'll see what happens. But I, I this it does make for an interesting fight because Izzy for the longest time was calling for Cannoneer. He's like, yeah. hey, you know what? I think Cannoneer might be next. And then I think Cannoneer came up short on a fight. And then, uh, then he's got a couple more back now. But this is one of those fights that... Uh, I, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. We'll talk yep. about it in the midweek show, though, as well. Go to WayneInPodcast.com. WayneInPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. We've got short sleeves shirts, long sleeves, sweatshirts, and we've got coffee mugs, hoodies. We've got it all. Come in all different colors and sizes and everything. So check it out. We've got the old G, old G, old G, old G, old G. logo. 
Did you oh, say oju? Oju. Oju. Like is that is oh. that like that sauce for the yeah oju yeah the oju oju yeah the oju sauce um yeah we've got the og logo we've got the new logos up on as well so check it all out and uh john take us away bud hey for everyone out there we hope you had as much fun this weekend as we did lots of fights good fights coming up we will talk about those on our show for wednesday we hope you have a great weekend and a great week coming up be kind to someone do something good for someone just because you can make their day special and we will see you 